Thank you for tuning into Weathering the Storm podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. That's scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, our goal is to help us weather the storms of life by looking to and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. Here is your host, Drew Suttles. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing and sustaining an unwavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I thank you for being back with us today as we are now on episode 20 of season three of Weathering the Storm. But of course, this is season one of Weathering the Storm on the Scattered Abroad Network. I'm so thankful and honored to know that this podcast is on the Scattered Abroad Network. And if you haven't visited our website yet, please go and do so today at scatteredabroad.org. Also, you can find us on Facebook. Give us a like there if you will. Find us on Instagram. And most importantly, we ask that you will pray for this effort. As we, as gospel preachers, are striving to come together, bring our podcast together on one network, that we can send the gospel out, spread the gospel to as many souls as possible through this avenue of a podcast. And so again, I thank you for listening today. I thank you for the encouragement and certainly for the prayers. In this season of Weathering the Storm, we are looking at biblical examples of individuals who faced the storms of life and were able to weather them by placing their trust in God. In our last episode, we began a two-part series on the Apostle Paul. We spent our time examining his early life. You may recall we looked at the examination of his life, a reflection of his former life, but then we looked at the submission to the gospel that, and when he obeyed it, and also the action. When he came out of that watery grave, how he went forth and boldly proclaimed the truth of God, and these things helped him to weather the storm, the storm of discouragement, the storm of persecution. It kept him going. And certainly when we face difficult times, if we'll apply those principles to our lives, we too can weather the storm. But in this episode, as we close out this short series, we want to consider the example of Paul toward the end of his life, the things that he wrote in his epistles, and no doubt the faith that he possessed as he, even in the face of death, he was able to stay faithful to God. And I hope and pray that this episode will help you to weather the storm. Let's begin by considering the impact that Paul made. The impact that he made. In our first episode of this series, we noticed how he made a negative impact. Remember in Acts 8 and Acts 9, how he brought that persecution to the church. He was, he was causing havoc and wreaking havoc on the church. He was hauling men and women into prison. He was a, a negative impact influence on the church at that time. But once he obeyed the gospel, once he gave his life to the Lord and submitted to him, now he's making a very positive impact on the church. I want us to think about the church at Ephesus for an example. And no doubt he encouraged all kinds of congregations, helped to establish several of them. But this is one that the church at Ephesus, I think, helps us to see that the positive impact that the Apostle Paul had on the early church, and no doubt the church today. If you have your Bibles, I invite you to Acts 19 as we begin. Acts chapter 19. This is where we read about uh, the church at Ephesus. And here's just something that, that might help you as well. If you go through your Bible, in Acts 16, you can write the church at Philippi. In Acts 17, the church at Thessalonica. In Acts 18, the church at Corinth. And in Acts 19, the church at Ephesus. 
That way, when you read those epistles, you can know, oh, okay, this is when this congregation started. Uh, that's something that's really been helpful for me as I have it written down in my Bible. So in Acts 19, we read about the church at Ephesus. This chapter begins with a conversion. We have Apollos, a man who was very mighty in the scriptures. He, he was a very eloquent man from Alexandria. And we have Aquila and Priscilla who heard him, and they took him aside and explained to him the way of God more accurately. Now he's going forth and he's refuting the Jews publicly. He's showing from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. And so while Apollos was at Corinth, the apostle Paul passed through. He, he came to Ephesus. He found some disciples there, and, and he asked them a question if they received the Holy Spirit when they believed. And they had never heard anything about it. He said, well, into what were you baptized? I said, John's baptism. He said, well, you need to be baptized into Christ if you want to be saved. You want to have your, your sins remitted. So in verse 5, when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And so this chapter begins with Paul going and teaching those who, who had a misunderstanding. They just had never been taught. He took the time to teach them the truth. And then we see Christians here at Ephesus. And he went into the synagogue and spoke boldly for three months. That's what we find in verse 8. Reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. In verse 10, we read that all who dwell in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus, both Jews and Greeks. So think about the positive impact he's making as he's going on these missionary journeys. We read in verse 11 that God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. And this would have, of course, confirmed the word, Mark 16, 20. This would have made people uh, come and, and see what's going on. And this gave him an opportunity to continue preaching Jesus. In fact, we find that fear fell on them all, and the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. That's verse 17. And then in verse 19, notice the transformation of those in Ephesus. Many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of a whole people. They counted up the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. And the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. And so think about the positive impact the Apostle Paul made on those in Ephesus. In chapter 20, we find the positive impact he made on the elders of the church at Ephesus. Such a beautiful scene there when he knows that this is probably goodbye. He's probably not going to see them again. And we have them falling on his neck and kissing him and hugging him. It's just a great impact that he made on that eldership and, and the church there at Ephesus and the encouragement that he gave them. And so he spent three years there. And that's about the longest stint that he had anywhere. You, can, you compare that to 18 months in Corinth. He spent three years in Ephesus and no doubt made a very, very positive impact on the Lord's church there. In the second place, let's consider the encouragement that he gave. The encouragement that he gave. I want to use a few congregations here as examples. First, the church at Corinth. Again, you go to Acts 18. And that's where we find the church at Corinth getting its beginning. Uh, it says that many heard the gospel, they believed it, and they were baptized into Christ. Acts 18, 8. Uh, even some of, of the rulers there, the chief priests and rulers, they even obeyed it. And so we have several in the city of Corinth uh, obeying the gospel. Now, if you know anything about Corinth, you know it was a very, very wicked place. Uh, we think about Las Vegas today, that was Corinth in the first century. In fact, there was a word, Corinthianize which uh, people used, and it talked about just the, the wickedness uh, that, that surrounded those in Corinth. Anywhere from uh, you know 1,000 to 1,500 uh, prostitutes were on duty every day. 
archaeologists went and found underground taverns all throughout the city. And so it was a place of, of wickedness, a wicked society. And yet, the Lord's church was there. And I, I find that very encouraging today as we live in a world of wickedness. But again, he spent 18 months there, and he wrote at least two epistles to him. Of course, we have the two in the New Testament, First and Second Corinthians. And what did he do there? He encouraged those brethren. You know, he told, he told Timothy, 2 Timothy 4, 2, to preach the word. He said, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all longsuffering and doctrine. That's exactly what Paul did to those brethren in Corinth. He had to rebuke them. He had to reprove them for the sin that, that was going on and told them the importance of getting rid of it. Well, in 2 Corinthians, as he writes to them, he exhorts them, he encourages them for handling that sin problem and for being faithful to the Lord. He showed them what it meant to practice all things with love. Even though they had those spiritual gifts, they, they misunderstood that. He talked to them about the importance of living a holy life, even in a wicked society, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, and just two great epistles in which he encouraged those brethren. But then let's consider the example of the church at Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, it's a short chapter, only about 10 verses. We have to go back to Acts 17 to see how the church at Thessalonica began, but in 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, he is encouraging them. He says, listen, we know about your labor of love, your work of faith. We know about the love that you're showing to others. In fact, everyone in the world knows about it. Your faith is being spread out because you turned to God. You were serving idols, but now you're serving the one true God. And he continues throughout that great epistle to encourage them, to give them the hope that they needed, that the Lord is coming back and they need to be faithful because that time could come. He said, listen, even if you die, you can sleep in Jesus and know that you can be comforted, knowing that you will see him, you will be with him forever. Just stay faithful. What great encouragement he gave to those brethren there. And then another example is the church at Philippi. You go back to Acts 16 to see when this congregation began. And you think about the great work that he did there. Of course, with Lydia and then the Philippian jailer, how he and Silas were singing those hymns, and he was able to go and to teach him the truth. And they were baptized into Christ. But I love that he refers to the brethren of Philippi as his joy and his crown. And he thanks them for always being there to support him financially, even when other congregations would not. Philippi was there for him. They were supporting him. He says, you are my joy and my crown. Think about the impact that he made, but also the encouragement that he gave. Now, this is the same Apostle Paul that we talked about in our last episode. The one who was a murderer of Christians, one who was a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man. And now look at him. What an encouragement. But in our third and final point, I want us to really focus on this with the remainder of our time as it pertains to how he was able to weather the storm. We've talked about how he went through so many physical persecutions. In the last episode, I encourage you to read 2 Corinthians 11. And in spite of all of that, look at the good that he was able to do. Again, the impact, the positive impact he made, the encouragement that he gave others. How was he able to do that in the midst of the storm? And this is why, and this is how. It's because of the faith that he possessed. It's because of the faith that he had in the Lord that he was able to weather the storm. We focused on his epistles to congregations. Now I want us to think about some of his epistles to individuals. We have First and Second Timothy, we have Titus, of course Philemon. We can think about 
how he, he specified individuals. I want us to think about some statements of faith that he made that are found in the book of 1 Timothy as well as 2 Timothy. 1 Timothy 4.10 For to this end we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior of all men, especially of those who believe. Listen to that statement. We trust in the living God. Paul knew what it was like to suffer. But he, he said, I keep going. I keep weathering the storms that I face because I trust in the living God. 2 Timothy 1.12 For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed. For I know in whom I have believed, and I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Listen to that statement. I know in whom I believed. I'm persuaded. I'm persuaded that he is able. He will help me. He will carry me through the storm as I stay faithful to him. 2 Timothy 2.19 Nevertheless, the solid foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows those who are his. Paul said, I'm going through these, these difficulties. I'm facing these persecutions, but I'm not doing it in vain. The Lord's with me. He knows I'm his. He knows I belong to him. He knows I'm doing his work. So whatever I have to face, I know the Lord's on my side. And I'm going to keep going. In 2 Timothy 4.18, Paul says, And the Lord will deliver me. Listen to that. The Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. He knew that he was facing these difficulties. He knew that he had persecution all around him. But he also knew the Lord would deliver him. The Lord's going to be with him. The Lord had proven that in the past. He's proving it now, and he will prove it in the future. And so when we think about Paul and how he was able to weather the storm, think about how he helped other people. The focus was not on him. The focus was not on his affliction. The focus was not on the persecution he endured. His focus was a selfless focus, just like our Lord. He strived to encourage other people. He strived to make a positive impact wherever he went. He didn't allow those difficulties. He didn't allow the storms of life to stop him from doing the Lord's work, and neither should we. Brethren and friends, I'd like to close this episode with 2 Timothy 4, 6-8, because I believe this is a, a summarizing statement for how the Apostle Paul was able to weather the storm, but also how we can as well. I would like to encourage you to check out the book, Before I Die, and this was written by Wayne Jackson, who just passed away a, a few months ago, uh, certainly a great Bible scholar, a great encourager of preachers. And I will try my best to put this in the show notes so you can have a link to it. Again, the book is entitled Before I Die. And it's a whole book entitled to the Apostle Paul's last few epistles and how he encouraged others. And I got some of this material uh, from that book. In the first place, as we consider this great text from Philippians 4, 6 through, or excuse me, 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. Philippians chapter 4 is a great one too. But we're focusing on 2 Timothy 4, 6 through 8. Perhaps the last time the Apostle Paul will be able to write anything as he would be beheaded by Nero in Rome. First, let's consider the acceptance. The acceptance, verse 6. He says, I am already being poured out as a drink offering. He knew that he was about to be killed. He was in prison. He had been hearing these things. He knew that his time was short. And certainly it was. But you know what? He accepted this with grace. You know why? 
Because it was also Paul who said, For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. Philippians 1.21 And then in Philippians 1.23, he said, Listen, I can depart and be with Christ, which is far better. On that note, I encourage you to check out my good friend Michael Clark's podcast entitled Far Better, based on that great text. But think about the acceptance that Paul had. He accepted it. He says, listen, I, I lived a life of sin. I lived a life that was in total opposition to the will of God. But when I learned the truth and I obeyed the gospel, I went forth and I did my very best. I've been faithful to the Lord. He's been faithful to me. I'm ready. I'm ready to die. But then in verse 7, let's consider the perseverance. Three statements that he makes. Number one, I have fought the good fight. He encouraged Timothy several times to endure affliction as a good soldier, to fight the good fight of faith, to lay hold on eternal life. But Paul didn't just say that. Paul lived it. He believed it. And certainly he fought the good fight. Number two, I have finished the race. You know, for Paul, it certainly wasn't a short sprint, was it? No, it was a marathon. And I'm sure there were times in his life where he had to just stumble and stay down for a moment. But he never quit. He never stopped. He kept on going. He says, I finished the race. And third and finally, he said, I've kept the faith. How hard it must have been to continue to proclaim the truth when he's in danger of losing his life every time he does it. Going into the synagogues, going into the marketplace, going into ungodly places where they had idolatry all around, such as in the city of Thessalonica and in Athens. What about a city of ungodliness like Corinth? And yet, he says, I've kept the faith. Even though there were those around me in ungodliness, even though there were those who wanted to kill me, I kept the faith. But then verse 8, notice the crown of righteousness. He says, Because I have fought the good fight and finished the race and kept the faith, Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord the righteous judge will give me on that day, but listen to this, and not to me only, but to all those who love is appearing. The Apostle Paul was able to weather the storm because he stayed focused on bringing glory and honor to God. It wasn't about him. It was all about bringing glory to God. He was able to weather the storm because he stayed faithful to Christ and to his cause no matter what he had to face. And the Apostle Paul was able to weather the storm because he knew that heaven would be worth it all. Brethren and friends, may we do the same. May we have the same mentality. And may we all look to God, keep our faith and trust in Him, that we may be able to weather the storm. Thank you so much for listening, and may God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ, even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.